0: everyone welcome back to the Queen of Com podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So I hope you all enjoyed both of the episodes that I put out last week. I think both of my guests shared such relevant, you know, tips and stories to what everyone's going through right now as it's graduation season. People might be making might be looking to make a change in their career. I know everything that Christina shared, you know, whether you're a new job seeker or you're looking to make a change in your career or if you're just years into the process and you just want to refresh your personal brand or, you know, refresh your, you know, look on LinkedIn or your resume. It's so important to always have those updated, have your LinkedIn updated and just having a finger on the pulse of, you know, how the industry is changing, you know, in terms of, you know, the agency structure and working from home and all that I think is just so relevant. So thank you to Christina for sharing her insights, but also what Meg shared on Monday's episode, all about, you know, believing in yourself, betting in yourself. I think that's so important. And this ties back to something that happened recently. So I was invited back about two weeks ago to speak with my PRSSA chapter for my college. And if you're new here, I graduated one year ago, which is crazy to say, from Marist College. And um, I was involved in PRSSA. So this was so special to be invited back. So thank you so much to the Marist PRSSA team for inviting me back to speak at their career boot camp but you know as i was preparing to speak with the group of students that i met with you know i think one of the most important things was that i really wanted to take my knowledge as you know one year into the process to share with them what it's really like when you graduate because you know sometimes you hear this sugar coated version from you know guest speakers talking about oh so great you're going to get into the industry and just as soon as you get a job and you have to get a job right away after college you know it's going to be so awesome and you're going to be at this company for 10 years and that's you know how it's going to be but you know, really, I think it's, it's such a feeling when you graduate, I mean, you don't know it until you experience it, where you're, you know, sad to be leaving your college and your friends and the groups that you're involved in. And you're also scared for the future, because you're like, oh, wow, like, I've, you know, never worked a real job, a full time job in PR. And I'm, I am I want to use my degree and my skills and all of that. But you're also feeling, you know, really stagnant, too, because you're like, I've grown out of the college life and doing classwork. And, all that. I really want to bring my skills into the real world. And so when you have that, you know, um, you know, or sense of urgency as you're looking for a job and you, you know, you take a job, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm getting a job. And they're talking about benefits and salary. It can be so exciting at the beginning, but I just want to reiterate, I know I touched on this a bit in the last episode. I just want to reiterate that it's so important to do your research on every company that you apply to And the one that you decide after you start getting offers to join, because, you know, that's just part of the process. You know, you want to grow within a company. You want to make sure you're going to a company that's the right fit for you. And like I was saying in the last episode, and I want to say it again because it's so important, because I think this is one of the biggest lessons that I learned over the past year is that you all bring value to every single position that you apply to, every single position that you're given an offer and the position that you accept because you know you're picked for that position you're hired for a reason you went to college you were involved in so many great things you you got great experience from internships and you networked with different alumni and people and so especially our generation we have so many things at our disposal we had great internship opportunities i think we're more you know into that job search process deeper than ever before because we have all these resources and each and every one of you bring something special to these positions. So I just want to remind you all that you bring value. So even though you're in Gen Z, you know, even though you're a recent graduate, do not be afraid to speak up, share your ideas, you know, really jump into the work because you are valuable. That's what I want to reiterate. Um, but moving on a little bit, <laughs> I know that I haven't done industry insights in a while. It's because I've been so busy with my new job and you know, getting used to that. And then also life in general has been crazy and trying to fit everything in with the podcast and everything. But I'm back this week with some industry insights. And this week I want to talk about all things American. So you're probably wondering what I'm talking about with that. Um, but a few weeks ago was one of my favorite nights of the year, which was the first Monday in May, which if you're not familiar is the Met Gala, which I'm sure who isn't familiar with the Met Gala. Um, and it was so exciting because it was kind of like one of the first years where they were back to normal I know they did it in September but that was weird because it wasn't in May and you know there are still some COVID restrictions but it really felt like it was getting back to normal this year um, there's so many interesting outfits I don't think the theme was as exciting as it was in the past cough cough 2018 heavily bod- heavenly bodies um, <laughs> but can you tell that I'm a Met Gala fan um, but also, I think it was such an interesting look at, you know, the Gilded Age and that sort of thing, even though a lot of people didn't follow the theme. But one person who followed the theme was Shawn Mendez, who attended the Met Gala with Tommy Hilfiger. And, you know, as I was watching the E! News broadcast, I'm always so interested as a PR professional to see what the designers, you know, PR person or publicity sends in for that little tidbit that they share on air. And so for Shawn Mendez's outfit, it was all about you know, the sustainability factor. He chose this from the archives, but also about how he had this upcoming collaboration coming out with them. So that struck me as curious because I was like, wow, well now we're gonna have to keep an eye out for this because they specifically called it out in their little description. So yesterday the collaboration came out. And so playing off that American theme from the Met Gala, um, they have this new commercial and campaign that I saw it on TikTok, but I'm sure it's you know everywhere. And it's Sean Mendez and he is emulating Bruce Springsteen on his iconic cover of Born in the USA um, and he has the blue jeans and the white um, ting top on with the red bandana in his back pocket and he's singing his iconic song Dancing in the Dark and so I just thought that it was such a cool collaboration because not only do they tie back to that American theme from the Met Gala and also Tommy Hilfiger is such you know an iconic American brand you really think of him is one of the first American designers when you think of, you know, really American brands, similar to like Ralph Lauren, et cetera, that sort of genre. Um, and I just found it so, you know, similar about how Sean Mendez is in that pop rock genre. You know, he's one of those, you know, big stars who are out there, similar to what Bruce Spring- Springsteen was at the same age. Um, so I just found that such a PR win, and I'm excited to see what comes out of that. But also something else American is... American Girl Dolls. So I want to talk about the phenomenon that is the American Girl Doll Cafe because I've been seeing so many influencers and, you know, people my age who grew up with American Girl Dolls. You know, we wanted every single girl that was out there that, you know, had the name and had the movie and the books and all that, but also our personal personalized American Girl Dolls and the bitty babies, all of that and so now to have that nostalgia factor which we've talked a lot on the podcast about be coming back in so many campaigns and so many different things that brands are doing i just think it's so interesting the strategy that the american girl doll cafe in new york city is taking you know they're inviting these gen z influencers and stars to Come to the American Girl Doll Cafe, have these lunches, maybe have a drink, you know, have take lots of pictures for Instagram. And it's really enticing our generation to head over there, too. I mean, I really want to go as well. <laughs> Bring my old Amer- American Girl Dolls over and, you know, head out there. Um, so I just find that so funny, the approach they're taking. But one smart PR move, other than their kind of rebranding for the Gen Z era, is how they collaborate again with Olivia Rodrigo. So if you're not familiar with Olivia Rodrigo's career before her music and before Disney Channel and Disney Plus, she was one of the American Girl Dolls in the movies, and the book. And I think the name of her character was Grace. And so the American Girl Doll Cafe, while she was in New York City for her concert, they invited her to the American Girl Doll Cafe. She brought all of her friends who also just happened to be Gen Z stars. um, And they ate lunch there. They took lots of pictures. And then they gave her her own personalized Olivia Rodrigo doll. And she was photographed coming out of the American Girl Doll Cafe with the doll and, you know, really talking about how she was going back to her roots and all that. And I think that was a brilliant PR move because, you know, that plays into the nostalgia factor as well. You know, Livy Rodrigo and her team do that so well because she does have a passion for like Twilight and, you know old, you know, early 2000s music videos, Avril Lavigne, all of that. She does such a great job of that in her messaging and her branding. So to see her bring it back full circle with this American Girl Dog collaboration, I think is so cool. Um, So those are my industry insights for this week. And just a few quick, um, you know, reminders. If you're not following us already on Instagram, follow us at Queen of Com Podcast and at Queen of Com Pod on Twitter. On Instagram, I share who's coming up on the show. I share clips from the episodes before they come out. So you can sneak peek those there. And then also some fun announcements. And I also just announced that coming up in the near future, I'm still finalizing some details. I'll be having a new higher happy hour. And so this will be with a very special guest. And we'll talk about, you know, being recent graduates and everything you need to know, what the realty is about being a recent graduate, because, you know, I'm not doing any sugarcoating about the process because not that it's been a bad time the whole time, but I feel like sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions about what happens when you finally graduate from college and get that first job. So be sure to stay tuned for more uh, details on that soon. And if you want to leave us a voicemail on the show, you can head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash queenofcompodcast slash message, and you can leave us a voicemail that might be used on the show. And finally, if you're feeling generous and you're enjoying the Queen of Com podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because it really means a lot and to me and the show because it keeps us going. And who knows, we could hit one of my bucket list items of getting on a chart one day if you all keep sending in your reviews. So thank you so much to everyone um, who has also taken part in our uh, Gen Z and communication survey. I'm leaving it open for one more week because the response has just been so great on that. So be sure to head to the link in our Instagram bio or on my LinkedIn, Paisley Head on LinkedIn, to take part in that survey. But thanks so much for listening. It really means a lot um, to me that you've been listening to these episodes and tuning in Um, And stay tuned for my episode today, because I think it's so important, the work that my guest is doing. She's really taking her experiences, which are amazing experiences. I can't wait for you to hear about this and turning it into, you know, her own, you know, uh, services that she's providing communications to really drive that purpose and everything that we do, which is our ultimate goal. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. My next guest is a seasoned communications professional, making her mark on the industry through her past work with top brands, movies, and TV, as well as her company, Native Tongue Communications, where her goal is to create authentic and empathetic media campaigns for people of color. Please welcome Marissa Nance to the podcast. Welcome, Marissa. So glad to have you on today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So why don't we get started with how you get interested in communications?
1: Well, it's it, it's it's an interesting little story. I didn't get interested in communications. Communications got interested in me. So when I was in school, I wanted to write movies and that's what I was studying. And unfortunately, and I thought I had a, a, an opportunity lined up out here in Los Angeles as a matter of fact. And so I was gonna graduate, I was gonna leave Howard, uh, move to LA and have a wonderful uh, job writing film and that fell apart, and I remember my father saying, well, it's very sad, but the good news is you can come home, and work with me, and we'll work together, and that's going to be great, and I adore my late father, I mean, he's literally my favorite person on the planet, but going home to work with him (laughs) wasn't quite on my list at the time, so uh, I said to him, you know, let me at least try to get a job doing something, and he said, I'll give you one month, in New York. So I left Washington, D.C. I took a bus. I took the Peter Pan bus to New York City <laughs> and I had a series of interviews and it landed me at BBDO at the time, an comp shop. And I started working in media and I, it, it is not at all the future I had planned for myself. But, you know, all the planning you can do just doesn't work unless the plans, you know, uh, want you to be on that path, right? You're on the path, that journey that's set in front of you, and
0: that's where I ended up. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I always find it so interesting to hear how everyone get in, uh, involved in the industry because I feel like everyone has such a unique story, um, whether they're in PR or advertising or anything. I just find it so interesting. And a lot of my listeners are in college or recent grads, and so I always love to get the perspective of my guests of what your college experience was like. So, what was college like for you, and how did that refine your interest to what you do now? Well,
1: I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C., so I give a big H-U. <laughs> um, and it, it changed everything. Uh, when, I, when I got the job at BBDO, I got that job because a woman who uh, came to the university and spoke to our advertising club remembered me. I mean, think about that. I mean, this is many, many years. Is over 30 years ago, but still, she, she remembered me and she was having lunch with someone and the woman said, oh, we just interviewed a young lady and she reminds me of you. And 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 Judy, Judy Jackson uh, said, oh, I remember her. She's great. I want to interview her, too. And and that's how I, I got my job. So Howard Howard University put me on the path to exactly where I sit speaking to you today. And and I I remember to be appreciative of that. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I was probably the greatest of students, but I am going to tell you that I was a really good networker and I tried to be in the moment and I tried to be respectful and remember everyone I met and remember how I might fit in their world and how they might fit in mine.
0: Well, yeah, that's super cool that you use that university connection because I feel like alumni are always so helpful. They're always willing to reach out. A lot of alumni from my school, I went to Marist College, they're always wanting to be in on the podcast, and how can they help out a fellow Red Fox, that was our mascot, Um, so that's so great that you're able to use that connection for your career, and speaking of your career, I'd love to hear about your career journey, because you have just had such an amazing career, and I was reading your bio and checking out all the work that you've done, so I'd love to hear about it.
1: Well, uh, so again, I started, uh, it's been 30 years ago, just over 30 years ago, And I was at BBDO, and I was in the media buying group. And so that was something I I really didn't know even you could do that as a job. Um, But I loved it. I loved the people I was working with. It was fun. It was fun. And I I will say this, I don't know how fun it is anymore. So I feel very fortunate because when I did it, it was fun. And we ran around New York and we did good things for our clients and we enjoyed our time in doing that. And I think that's, that's very once in a lifetime. A lot of people don't get that. Um, But I still wanted to write. My, My goal was to write film and write movies and create TV shows. And I got very lucky because BBDO had a group within media that did that, uh, branded entertainment product placement. And so I was able to transfer from media buying to that group and I kept that job for 30 plus years. When I left Omnicom and BBDO, I was managing director of branded entertainment. So, um, and that journey has taken me in so many different places, places like Borneo where we filmed the first season of Survivor, through the journeys of all the first uh, contestants on The Biggest Loser, through every single city and town that Top Ship has been to. I feel like I've been through the majority of them with that show. Um, I've gotten to work on a ton of great films. I worked on a film called Castaway with Tom Hanks. Our FedEx clients were involved in that. So I I got to achieve what my goal was in school, which is writing film, creating content, creating tv shows and and it's been a wonderful wonderful
0: ride well wow that sounds so amazing and you know you touched on um you know Top Chef and Castaway and all that so I'd love to hear about your work with movies and tv what were those experiences like and you know can you kind of give us a little behind the scenes of all of that ah, well
1: <laughs> I'll tell you uh, so first of all it 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 was fulfilling because I feel like if you know what you want to do, what you're passionate about, and what you have a purpose behind, then the work you do is very powerful. And that's why I, say I felt very lucky when I started out, because I was doing things that were, um, that meant something, and I enjoyed doing it, and I enjoyed the people I worked with. So again, it's finding that kind of purpose that gives you that powerful work that you can do. Um, and so the years I spent in branded entertainment at Omnicom were great. I think I was really good at it. <laughs> I do say myself because I felt a purpose behind it. And it's stories like when we shot, um, not castaway survivor uh, it was the first season. No one knew what it was going to do. No one knew if it was going to be a success or a flop, but what everyone did know was the winner had to be kept secret. It wasn't gonna work if everyone knew ahead of time who won, right? You, you really wanted to tune in and you wanted to have uh, a horse in the race and know who was gonna win. And so at a certain point, um, we all had to sign waivers that said, no matter what happens to you or happens to your you know, whatever <laughs> you cannot say, you cannot talk about what you see here and what you know. And as the show began to air and gain popularity, you know, it was uh, there was even betting lines on it in Vegas, and someone called me up and said, "You know, um, you, you, something had happened to you because you're one of the few people who knows what is happening and what's going to happen. And if some of the people in Vegas know this, they could come after you because they <laughs> don't want to know and and bet according to what you tell them. So that's kind of interesting knowing that I could have had some savory characters coming unsavory characters coming after me. <laughs> because of what I knew in terms of uh castaway and the winner um I keep saying castaway survivor the <laughs> half dozen one's a film and one's a tv show
0: <laughs> yeah that's all on a... an
1: island, on an island.
0: <laughs> that's so funny about the Vegas thing you would never think about that like nowadays I feel like a lot of people don't tune in as uh, religiously to tv shows like that <laughs> the line's not there but because it was really one of the first, it was such a big deal.
1: And there was, there's money, there was like big money on it. And so I said, yeah, if people know it's you, they could come out for you so you could tell them. I was like, well, wouldn't that be fun?
0: <laughs> and so with all these projects in movies and TV or even just your general communications work, do you have a favorite project you've ever worked on? Well, that's like picking a favorite child.
1: Right? <laughs> um, I will say that in recent years, we've done a lot of work, especially in these last few years um, in and around as I transitioned to Native Tongue. Um, what I did at OMD uh, and for Omnicom, I've taken that spirit and kind of translated it to, I feel like a slightly more meaningful to me experience at Native Tongue. When, when I was working at OMD and Omnicom, I used to tell people the name of my memoir is going to be the only chip in the cookie because I would walk into a room and there was no one else who looked or sounded like me. I was that chip. And I I made a vow. I said, if I ever have the opportunity to control um, who I can give a seat at the table, I will make sure there are more chips in that cookie. And and that's what we do at Native Tongue. And, And what's really beautiful about it is our clients aren't the traditional client. I tell say that all the time. We have some amazing, wonderful clients we work for, and I feel so fortunate every day, but all of us are beholding to our audiences, right? My client is really my audience. And in this instance, and in many instances, it is communities of color, underserved, underheard, kind of ignored. and And it's my job and my role to understand them and to hear them and make sure they're elevated and make sure their needs are met. And and that makes me go to bed when I do get sleep with a smile because I know I'm doing something for someone out there. I'm doing good and I'm putting purpose back out into the world.
0: Yeah, that is such important work that you're doing with Native Tongue and I really admire all of your missions. I love how you put it in that the cookie um, analogy. And so speaking of native tongue, you know, what was that journey like to you to start your own business and go out on your own and then have the strong message?
1: It, it was, and is not easy. We launched in January, January 1st, 2019. And I, I was not an entrepreneur. I'd spent 30 years working for someone else. And so it was a lot of a learning curve. And I felt really proud when it was January, 2020. And I remember turning to my husband and going, okay, I I think I can do this. This is, this year is going to be great. And then COVID. So (laughs) um, we still are learning because we, we have come into our own in a time that is unlike any other that any of us have experienced. I mean, it really is kind of this once in a lifetime we're all going through together. So Every day I just get up and I say, okay, we're here. We're here today. I don't know about tomorrow, which means we have to do the best job we can and offer the best service we can. And we have a saying, we, we leave with our head in our heart. And if we do that every day, then we will give that good work. And that means there'll be a tomorrow for us.
0: Yes, definitely. And you, you, know, you touched on working during the pandemic and there's so many things that go on in the industry as we both know about you know, so many new changes in social media and things changing due to the pandemic. And so from your years of experience before starting Native Tongue and then now with your work that you do now, from your, in your opinion, what um, steps can brands take to make an effective advertising campaign or overall communications campaign?
1: Well, it goes back to that recognition of who your client is. So I'm very clear that my client is our consumer audience. And if you know that, then I often say our secret word is empathy. Um, Many times, too many marketers refuse to be empathetic. They like to live in their own space and then force their own mindset and ideals and identifiers on the audience they're trying to reach. And that just doesn't work. If you take a step back and you agree to be empathetic and truly understand and literally, as we say all the time, put yourself in their shoes, then invariably you will do well. It's not necessarily brain surgery. I mean, yeah, there's some, we've, we've, cho- we've chosen to make it as complicated as we can at times, but the reality of it is what we do is not brain surgery. And if we're truly, if we listen and are empathetic and we follow the lead of the audience we're trying to reach, invariably you will have some good level of success.
0: Yeah, that's such a, a good point you bring up about empathy, because I feel like those, br- those brands and advertisements and commercials and you know, PR campaigns that we see out there that are, are the ones that make a difference with the audiences, like you were saying. And I feel like that goes back to how we just saw in the Super Bowl a few weeks ago about how those commercials that really tugged on the heartstrings and you know, talked to audiences and you know, different genres really you know, hit with audiences rather than you know, these kind of general marketing campaigns with celebrities and the same old you know, celebrity endorsements and being kind of impersonal.
1: Right, right. I I, I agree. You know, it's, it's know who you're speaking to and, and tell them what they want to hear. I mean, in the end, you tell if you tell them what, and and if you feel like you're not doing that, then you have to rethink either your product or your audience, right? If, If, if you feel like you're repeatedly trying to push this very round peg in a square hole, then you have to take a step back and rethink what it is you're trying to achieve.
0: Yes, definitely. And so we talked about your great message of Native Tongue before, but um, I'd also like to ask you about this. So, um, you know, your company creates so many impactful campaigns for people of color. So, you know, there is a lot of work to be done in the industry, as we know. And so what can brands and companies and communications be doing to create more inclusive content?
1: You know, it's it. People ask that question and sometimes I, I turn my nose up at it a little bit. And here's what I mean. I, I I want people, and it goes back to that empathy, I want people to create content that resonates with them. Now, what that doesn't mean is you don't have to create content for people that look and sound like yourself it to resonate. So that's the first thing. That goes back to that empathy. I think that's a big building, uh, a big blockade in terms of how we perform and how we think we think well I I don't know that person I don't understand that person so I'm not going to be able to uh market to that person and that just makes no sense Um, if if you're able to 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 really um be willing to put yourself in their mindset and and take a moment and really study that audience and study that community understand um some of their pain points understand some of their purpose and, and what gives them pleasure. Um, I think when you add all that up, you get a really holistic view of who you're trying to sell a product or a service or a widget to. And, and you can, you can be more empathetic in your conversations and your communication. And in that diversity should just be a natural outcome. So I, I would I would rather go in thinking about doing smart marketing because if we do that, knowing the way the world is made up and knowing the way our populations look and knowing where the money sits, then by nature, you should have a more diverse and inclusive conversation and, and campaign.
0: Yes, definitely. And I, I think that goes back to, you know, communications because we know that's in every single uh, industry, you know, whether it's, you know, trucking or entertainment, Communications is everywhere and you never know how anyone can be involved in that. There's so many groups to cater to. And so that's so interesting that you bring up the empathy factor and putting yourself in other shoes, because I feel like that's just such a big hallmark of our work as communications professionals to, you know, really understand all these different audiences that are consuming the content that we put out.
1: Yep. yeah. I mean, it, it, that's just literally our job. It is literally our job to be empathetic. And once you realize that, then, you know, it starts to go. It just snaps and
0: it makes it a little easier. Yes. And so in your opinion and through your work, you know, what are some of the main factors that you think that um, communications professionals should be mindful of when they're creating a new campaign? What do you think are like the building blocks that should be a part of every single campaign? Um, Well, we talked
1: about audience and audience design and how that's rooted in empathy. I also think um, when you're creating a campaign, let's not be lazy. Um, Innovation should be a natural first instinct. And I'm just going to say, off times as of late, and I just think we're all tired, right? Everybody's tired. I'm tired. We're (laughs) all tired. So, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that and maybe it's not quite fair for me to poke at it, but I do think people could be a little more imaginative and a little more innovative in how they approach. You just noted the Super Bowl and how many of those ads looked exactly like the ad that came after it. But it's the ads that are different, that are a little innovative, that make you go. I've never seen that before, that really stand out. So let's think about that and think about how we can make those kinds of of campaigns and conversations happen. Uh, And then accountability. Accountability, right? So understanding who you're talking to, being imaginative, being innovative, saying something new, taking a chance, but accountability and whether accountability is as simple as measurement and metrics and the analytics that go behind it, or accountability in understanding your objectives from the start and making sure you cross that goal line with them. Accountability is key and we can't just do something, say yes, no, maybe and walk away. Um, because with accountability comes learning and from learning comes growth and from growth comes great advertising.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I feel like the best part of watching commercials or consuming anything to do with communications is saying, like, as you said, I never would have thought of that. That's so clever. And I always think of like, I'd love to be in the room when they came up with that idea. Exactly.
1: That's, that's, that's the goal. That's the North Star.
0: (laughs) And so, you know, for this upcoming year, I know we're already in February, we're almost at the end of February, which I can't believe um, yeah. time flies, uh, but do you see any trends on the horizon for the rest of 2022 in marketing and advertising?
1: Ah, uh, trends, there's always trends, right? So, I mean, uh, there's so many things that are happening in terms of digital's changing, a cookie-less world, What's that gonna look like? How's it truly gonna impact? What's Meta becoming? What has Meta been? (laughs) (laughs) What's its name gonna be tomorrow? Um, What is the next? I mean, we've gone through, uh, now we have TikTok and uh, we we have, there's always something that's coming around the corner. I would guess to say, you know, two years ago, we didn't know what that was. Now who does without it? So uh, what is next and new? Is going to be um, ways that we can engage and communicate with each other and feel like we're part of something. If you look at all of these trends, they all go back to feeling like you're a part of something. Um, Whether not wanting to be alone even when you are alone, Um, clubhouse is an audio trend, right? That's kind of come and gone. I don't know. <laughs> so, so again, that feeling of I'm part of something, I'm part of a community. And then on the flip side, in terms of our industry really goes back to the data, the analytics, the measurement, how, how are we, that accountability, how are we, how are we stepping up and in, I mean, Nielsen conversations, I saw some, some news about that today. So I think there's a lot that's going to be happening in 2022 and beyond. And, um, you know, just
0: buckle up and get ready for the ride. Yeah. I love how you mentioned that connection because I feel like in so many episodes of this whole past year that I've been doing this podcast, so many people mentioned that connection factor because of the pandemic and looking to TikTok because people just want to see people unload their groceries or, you know, go to the, the doctor or go with them to stores. And they just wanted those simple connections. And I think that's really going to translate into our work as communication. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I see that as well. And, Something that a lot of guests have been bringing up as well as how shifting into the new year it's going to be all about you know being targeted more meaningful in your messaging to connect yeah. with the audience and I think that goes back to what we were talking about with empathy as well of you know having a purpose with your actions, and that's exactly what you're doing with native tongue, so I really admire that um, and so speaking of something that I mentioned earlier, so a lot of my listeners are in college or they recently just graduated from college or they're a young professional, so I'd love to ask you what your advice is for this next generation of communications professionals. Um, Be bold, be
1: innovative, think out of the box, ask questions, don't assume you know everything, but also don't assume you know nothing. Um, Be open, be kind, be kind and be caring. Um, And I think if if you follow some of those tenants if you align yourself with some of those tenants
0: you'll do well yeah thank you so much for that advice that was that was great to share and yeah i i always love you know this podcast for is for an example of that of asking questions never being afraid to ask people for advice. I mean, that's how we get connected, got connected through another guest who you all hear from, AJ. Um, and so it's so great to how, you know, you reach out to someone and then they say, hey, there's someone great that you can talk to. And I feel like everyone who I've talked to through the podcast has been so helpful, always wanting to share advice. So I'm so glad to have on you and other guests to share their great experiences. And so Marissa, I have one final question for you. And so this is something that I ask in all my episodes. Um, and so I, I'm a fan of Sophia Russo, and she coined the term Girl boss. And so I love to end the episode on a high note of empowering women and talking about someone who inspires you. So, Marissa, who is your favorite girl boss? And it can not be more than one. We've had that in the past.
1: Well, uh, my favorite girl boss would have to be my 99 and a half year old grandmother. <laughs> um, because even at 99 and a half, she is still a girl boss. She is still bossing me and anyone and everyone she can. <laughs> ground god bless her and um she has been a girl boss her entire life she's done a lot of firsts and had some magnificent achievements in her life and her world and and she is definitely the epitome of a girl boss
0: i love that we have to find out her secret her secret to longevity
1: (laughs) she's she's got that bottled up and i don't know (laughs) (laughs) she
0: she's sharing that (laughs) I love that. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing your expertise as well as your experiences. It was so great to chat with you. Um, And if anyone wants to check out Native Tongue, where can they find you on social media or your website?
1: We are, you can find Native Tongue on all the proper social channels, but we're also at www.nativetonguecommunications.com. And that'll link you to me directly as well as our social channels and our entire team.
0: Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail, and who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.